Party in Denver. Celebration time. Let's go Party. mile high, everybody. Party so, in Denver. How do you That's think? How do you it's think Russell Wilson feels about that while he's standing on the sideline? I feel like you're supposed to be happy, but when you were brought there to win a championship, you kind of hating a little bit. Like I feel I think, like I remember being in college and the basketball team won a championship. I was really happy for them until we was in the club together. And I was like, these motherfuckers, they won a championship. We got ACC. I'm just a hater. Anyway, hey, this is debatable. I'm Dominic Fox, and that's David Dennis Jr. What's up, David? I, I think Russell Wilson isn't capable of hatred. I think that he is probably um, – made jealousy various i think i bet he made it our chart he has a charcuterie board already <laughs> in the back ready for everybody and little mini lunchables for the like that he cut into squares for every player of the Denver nuggets with personalized cards that say you know you're the best you did it you are somebody <laughs> that's nice he's a sweet guy all right alabaster yeah. what's Mahogany the question cards there's actually reports from Shams that Russell Wilson <laughs> led the team through a dynamic warm-up and was doing high knees with Nikola Jokic before the game. <laughs> oh, that was one of the weirdest stories where he was doing rehab all the way across mm -hmm. the Atlantic Ocean. How dare we talk about this right now? All right, ask your question so that we can talk about how great the Nuggets are. I got a question, and it's spicy. <laughs> oh, uh, my goodness. Here we what go. You What's your reaction to the Nuggets winning the NBA title? Oh, my gosh. What a spicy question. <laughs> um, finally, <laughs> I guess it was really impressive run that they've had throughout the entire playoffs. And the end of it was a little anticlimactic because it was kind of a foregone conclusion uh, through this process. But they still look great. And Jokic ascended to another level. Jamal Murray, I think, came out as a big winner in this mm -hmm. uh, series. But... Just be just the joy of watching people win a championship, even if I'm not a fan of the team. It's always something fun to see all the the um, role players and the fans and the stars. What it means to all of them watching them in that moment is pretty cool. So we'll get into the big breakdowns of the game, but off off the top, my first thought is that's cool. I like seeing people happy and seeing people succeed. Sorry for the heat, looking sad though. Yeah, spice something that's often not associated with. The city of Denver, but uh, I think no that uh, you know uh, it's it's an okay place. I, I was there last that. week. I was, it was, I was there it was, for three years. Great city. They got so they brought some spice over from LA. There's some LA transplants. Bring some spice. Okay, that's good to know. So I I found none last week. But anyway, I think that yeah, this feels like the beginning of something. Actually, this feels like the beginning of the thing for the Nuggets. And like a lot of times, some of these runs when you just uh, have the type of run that Jokic and Murray had that feels like once in a lifetime the type of stats they were accumulating it still feels like this is the beginning of like one of those years where they take off right like i keep making the analogy like this feels like that first warriors championship where they came back 73 and 9 the right. next season obviously um i don't know i don't think they're gonna win 74 games but this feels like one of those sort of championship runs where you establish a team and say now they're for real, now they've crossed over the hump. And then the next year when they have that confidence, they seem to perform a little bit better. And I kind of think that's what we're looking at. LeBron's Heat did that in the second year, you know, the second championship. I mentioned the Warriors team, even you can go back to that Bulls, that 92 team that won, I think, what, 67, 68 games after that first championship. You kind of get that doubt out. And I think next season is really where they start to look like the championship team 
and again, is, the second year justifies the uh, sort of establishes that first year a little bit better. I mean, you do kind of have to defend, but uh, that's a good point. It's something that is impossible to measure, but I definitely know is a real thing. Whatever confidence right. comes from having a deep run and winning a championship. Yes, teams are better after that. Having gone through that, mm-hmm. the confidence of having those shots go in and playing defense uh, in a tough situation, somehow you get better in the year after you win a championship. We expect that from the Nuggets, but teams also are gunning for you. So I'm looking forward to the Jokic stoppers. There are going to be a whole line of strategies and players brought in to be Jokic stoppers. I don't know. Rui Hachimura. We're going to do the Rui Hachimura thing again. He did it for like. Do you remember that? We remember that three weeks ago when we were like, Rui Hachimura is the answer for Jokic. People said that. People with actual human brains said that like three weeks ago. They, and they had, and they lost. He had one good game against him, and they still lost. And he had one good quarter against yeah. Jokic, and everybody was like, "They figured it out." Rui Hachimura is the Jokic stopper. Like everybody, there are none. That. Everybody didn't say that. There are none. Oh, but uh, Michael Porter Jr. That's another thing. And I, maybe I just get sentimental in these moments in my old age. But the Michael Porter Jr. Renaissance, because he's been getting bashed all series. And he's also somebody who whose game I root for, mm. though he seems kind of unlikable and a little bit aloof. Uh, it seems like he's a frustrating player to play with and a frustrating player to coach. I've always rooted for him just because he's so big and so skilled. And he's coming off the back injury. I, I just want him to be good. And he was aggressive this game, and yeah, he just kept yeah. being aggressive until he was good again. And so that was fun. That was nice to see that he didn't have to be moping in the championship. Like, I mean, we'd have won by more if I'd have played more, because I know that's the thoughts that's going through his head. I was I was worried about I was worried about uh Porter Jr. after game two, where he sort of disappeared a little bit and it and you know, Brown sort of took his minutes. And again, like this is this is why you get better in the second year. Like this game yeah. changes the trajectory of Porter Jr. because now he has this this defining finals game where he was not just scoring, where he became this gritty, like offensive rebounding dude who like grinded through the points and was the highest, you know, he's led the team in scoring through most of this game yeah. until Jokic sort of uh sort of picked apart that zone. I mean, and and Aaron Gordon sort of the same thing. Like he in the last three months yeah. became this defensive stopper out of nowhere. Like when he and when he did the that Lowry jump shot was like it was like if I had tried to shoot over Aaron Gordon. Like he just pawned the basketball at the free throw line. It's an and odd like, reaction for me to have, but that made me respect Lowry even more because like he does he's he just doing it with craft. <laughs> when, I, when I saw Aaron Gore block that, I was like, yeah, that's supposed to happen every time your every little wide time. body takes a shot. But you get some up. Like, he could have thrown that basketball to the fifth row if he just wanted to. <laughs> like, if it was a preseason game, he would have just thrown it, <laughs> like, to Peyton Manning just for fun. But, you know, like, that Peyton was, that was hard back. to watch. Peyton wouldn't have he thrown would it back or the guy intercepted, intercepted if he tried. Oh, uh, there you go. Peyton there you Manning go. jokes. I never beat Peyton Manning in my entire career. Yeah. Well, if the ball would have gone to Russell Russell Wilson, he would have written a motivational speech on it and then handed it back. I think Lowry. the <laughs> the Christian <laughs> Christian Brown uh, was not great in this game. But to your point about the the team getting better the next year, like he was a rookie and he was contributing in these moments. It's a lot of confidence that you can build from that. A lot of skills you can build from that. They are going to be, I think, the perennial. Uh, favorite coming out of the West as we think about it. But I guess we don't have to skip that far forward. We can still enjoy and appreciate 
the fact that they put it away. They put us uh, out of our misery. We don't have to watch another game. And now we got to scrape the bottom of the barrel to talk about football topics until August when we get some training. Well, that's, why, popping. that's why Alabama is going to save us. Interject. Well, I wanted, I, I think it should be noted because this game was a little bit uh, funky at certain points. The refs were involved. Kyle at Lally certain points, that, uh, the game was yeah. wild as shit. Like, especially towards ragged. the end. Yeah, I think I think this is what tired, Hubie Brown, basketball players playing hard. I think this is what Hubie Brown would call a mid off because that's exactly what we watched. <laughs> we watched three and a half quarters of an absolute mid off between it everybody. Too. It was great. It was fantastic. It was it was a car crash that you know I, I enjoyed watching. It was for like everybody least, got drunk at halftime. <laughs> for me, at least, it reminds me that like. The stakes are often what matters. As much as we talk about explosiveness or great plays and the beauty of the game, I like panic. It's so fun to watch guys out there like, everything I dream for is slipping through my hands. Let me give it all I got, even though I'm exhausted. Or guys, like, I'm so close to this one, like, brass ring. And just that sloppiness is just fun to watch. That's why it's great to see first... I yeah, like, I think it's I think it's why it's great to have two first time teams in the finals. Always great because you get games like this where everybody just looks uh, well first time ish. You know, he teams. would he'd disagree. Have, he'd, the heat, the heat have been there. Um, <laughs> but no, but this, this to... feels this feels first time ish. Like, <laughs> the way it's so, okay just this. to say I'm wrong. Let just me, try. Say my bad. I was wrong. Let me know. Let me do this. Let me do this. Bubble don't count. Ha. Okay, you got it. Bubble don't count. Ha. Jimmy Butler is going to clip this off and have it on his like little flash drive of haters for next year. Um, but what I wanted to point out is that the Nuggets are the first team, or that's not fair. They're the first team since the 2018 Warriors to lose less than four games in the postseason run. Second team since 2011. They have been a dominant postseason team. But to your point, David, and I think this is interesting, is that raggedness, the way that Miami was able to muck up the game and foul bait and Kyle Lowry's, you know, big old booty was getting in everyone's way and drawing fouls. Do you think that's the type of game that this team is going to put behind them? Now they're on the verge of like a, being a dominant team because they just hadn't been there. Is this something where we'll look back on and be like, they had to get over this last hump of playing a game like this. Yeah. I think you got to win ugly. I mean, that's what the championship teams do. You win ugly. I mean, they were, I don't know what the, the final three point um, percentage was, but it was like three for 23. I think at one point, they were miss half their free throws. This was a game where they relied on offensive rebounding and just hung in there until the end and, you know, stole a game. And that's what championship teams do. They win games they're not supposed to win. And this was a game Ooh, that yeah. by the time the Heat were up 10, this felt like the Nuggets were just – they felt like they were aloof. It felt like they had just counted the, a victory. Then they couldn't make a shot. And these are the games that you win when you win championships. Oh, masterful cliche integration right there. They win the games they're not supposed to win. That's what champions do. It's freaking magnificent. It's a make. It's a it's a make or miss league. Oh, nailed it! And they oh, were missing a lot, but they still won. But I, yeah. I okay. Before I move on to this next thing that I was thinking, first I want to like celebrate Bam out of bio because like okay. I feel like he's gotten uh, a lot of criticism through the course of this series. But he's six nine playing the five against the best center in basketball right now, and he was really good. For most of this game, he was aggressive. He was attacking the basket. He played solid defense. And I think 
that's something for them to be proud of, but they need a legitimate center. <laughs> like, I know they want to go mm-hmm. get Damian Lillard, but they're going to need somebody that can actually play center for stretches, and it ain't going to be Cody Zeller. All that aside. Oh, my God. Do, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you got some Cody, oh, you got some Cody Zeller Oh, uh, my goodness. Input? Hold Cody on, Zeller, please. Like, let me get out the way and let you have your moment with Cody. I mean, goodness gracious. You could feel the panic with every person within the 305 area code every time Cody Zeller's been in the game. Ever, like since probably like game three, Jokic basically like in Space Jam where they balled uh, Michael Jordan up and dunk him through the basket. Jokic did that to Cody Zeller every single time. And there was a point blank like rebound that uh, put back that he missed. And I felt like I felt like he just was never going to see the court again. It, it, those were ugly minutes. It wasn't a lot. DeAndre Jordan minutes were better than Cody Zeller minutes. And that's how dare you. Um, congratulations, DeAndre Jordan. Way to get a ring before. Chris Paul and Blake Griffin mm-hmm. never would have thought that. And he got some minutes in this game, his first minutes in the series. This is the first minutes. I'm sure he probably got some other minutes in the playoffs and some one of these blowouts that the that uh, the Nuggets had. But I was headed in a different direction. Do we think so? It's been a dominant run. Mm-hmm. They ran through the West. It was pretty impressive. They swept in the conference final. Am I a hater for asking, do we think that they are really this good? Or the only reason why I bring that up is the Heat are not even the Heat that we saw beat the Bucks. They were holding on for dear life and got past the uh, Celtics in part because Jason Tatum hurt his ankle in the opening seconds of the game. And I, am I being a hater or I guess it's double hate. I'm hating on the heat and saying they aren't as good as, mm-hmm. as we thought. And I'm also hating on the nuggets a little bit and saying, let's cool it on this, all this dominant talk or no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm asking you, should we do that? <laughs> You're asking me to compound the hate on. I just like, don't know. Support, I guess I want to buffer your hate. I, I am. I'm a, uh, I'm guilty of being prisoner of the moment. Sometimes uh, I swing like a pendulum after each game. And after this dominant series by the nuggets, is there any room in there to say that maybe we should not worry about them entering the dynasty world because they had their two best players are locked up and Michael Porter jr. Is also locked up and getting better and their role players, I guess, Brian Bruce Brown's not locked up, but right. uh, Aaron, they got Aaron Gordon secured. Is that right, Alabaster? Do you know? And uh, Christian Brown, they got a good core going forward, and they should be competitive. I think it's not only uh, the the Nuggets' greatness or whatever you want to say how they've been playing; it's the rest of the league also. Like, wh- how where do we see this playoffs getting more competitive than it was this year? It yeah. seems like every team is going to probably take a step back. I mean, we could talk about what Boston, you know, if Boston had been the finals, but I don't think this series would have gone much different if Boston had made it. I mean, the only different, the only team I think really could have given them a shot in the finals would be if Milwaukee were healthy, you know, in those first two games against the Heat. But again, they lost in the first round. So you can't just say that that team would have won the championship. And if you look at the West, you got to assume that the Lakers are going to be a little bit worse. There's the Warriors apron-y contract situation that they've got to worry about. I, I mean, as much as we could talk about how Jokic and Murray and all the greatness, we could also look at the fact that the league is probably going to be taking multiple steps back. And this is one of the only teams that looks like it's going to get better next season, which is, you know, that is as, as much a part of what I think is going to happen next year as the Nuggets themselves being just great. All right, I like what you got. 
I think this is like a retrospective look back at that the Nuggets run was less impressive because the Suns were favored over them. Right. And mm-hmm. they had the two 40-point games from Booker when he was shooting like 70% right. from the field. It was pretty much flat odds against this Lakers team that I think was better than we possibly could have imagined. They were one of the best teams in the postseason. And yeah, the finals, the Heat were not a team that were as good as them. But the, those prior two rounds that they won handily and comfortably, that is something that if it had, if you had flipped those series, if they had played a Suns team in the final, we'd be like, wow, this team rolled everyone. Yeah, I mean, I think I just want to stress test this. That's all. I'm not being a, fu- a full-on hater. I just think it's important that we reconsider uh, this process before we start anointing them as the the number one team in the world for the foreseeable future. Uh, I don't see, like, a legitimate – legitimate is the wrong word because anything could happen. No one really expected them. They were an underdog. But I do think part of what I'm doing is probably not fair because – I didn't expect them to do this, so I need to celebrate mm-hmm. it. And then after seeing them dominate all these teams, I'm like, huh, those teams weren't that bad. So I'll accept <laughs> that I'm just being a hater at this point. But I I, I don't know. I, I, I We just got to get used to seeing a, a big kind of smooth-bodied guy who doesn't have any cuts in his arm like someone else that I know dominate the league is something that I got to get comfortable with. And it won't take me long because I just watched it for a whole series. How dare you? Alabaster has very nice arms. Anyway, I think that, I mean, here's the other thing about the Nuggets run that I think is important is that Jokic, the the guys that he played throughout this playoff run were some of the best defenders uh, in the league. I mean, right. you've got go, go bear to Anthony Davis to um, Bam Adebayo and Rui Hachimura. And so, like, these, like, <laughs> top defenders were the guys he played, and he rolled through them. Like, there's not going to be that many better defenders or even defensive schemes that he's going to see in the regular season or the playoffs. And this is what he did to them. I mean, I, I saw uh, the stat, like, I think in the last – since last season, I think he played, what, players who make up, like, 15 all-defensive teams or something like that's his primary – uh, defenders and he's averaged over 30 points in those times because you got to include Draymond from last year and all that stuff like these he's playing against these top defenders and how many what are the chances that he's going to play against these same type of defenders next year like he might even be better in the playoffs next year watching them next regular season I think is going to be fun watching what they do yeah. um with the target on their back uh week in and week out and we'll see if someone figures out some adjustment because it never actually felt like throughout the course of this entire playoffs, like anyone had an answer for Jokic. Mm-hmm. And, and when Jokic wasn't on, because it felt like he was passive. I don't know for what reason in this game, it felt like he was passive early. And I know in game one, I remember he kind of refused to score and just set everybody right. up and they were still like pulling away. But in this game, it seemed like he was refusing to score, but the Heat were in control of much of this game. So I don't know if it's like him point guard and just getting everybody involved, but it, it's worked. And I think that's the real difference. But that's one of the big differences for why I do have faith in them going forward. Why my, my second guessing of them is unfair is because the rest of the role players and maybe it's the Jokic effect that he benefits them and he makes them all better. But the role players are so good. It's very Steph Curry of him and that his presence on the floor gives everyone else easier shots and confidence and, it's a great player to have, and I suspect that they won't have trouble getting aging veterans to come out there and get easy dunks and wide-open threes because they play next to Jokic. 
I mean, and we, we talk about his. I think some of the passivity came from the foul trouble. I think it's one of the things that Jokic. I think if there's anything for him to work on, is that sometimes when he gets into foul trouble, he starts to it starts to impact him on both sides of the court. Uh, he gets passed on both sides, but he still ended up what twenty eight and fourteen 16. or some sixteen or some ridiculous like that. Like I mean, it's still monster numbers uh, that he put up in in spite of all this. And then once once it got down to that fourth quarter, and they were you know. He just bombed that he that zone defense. He was just like, I'm tired of the zone defense. Just give me the ball, and I was going to be somebody who's like six inches shorter than me guarding me, and I'm just going to score or get to the right right person. Him and Murray really put that game away. I know the last few baskets um, were by Bruce Brown, but it felt like exactly what you want superstars to do in that moment. Murray hit some big threes, and Jokic took over and, and kind of was aggressive. Even when he wasn't hitting buckets, he was getting in, getting close to the lane. Murray, too, making drives that broke down the defense that set other people up for shots. So uh, it was a well-earned victory. I will say um, I would like to see them, I guess, be challenged a little bit on the offensive end. And I guess that's that's the tough thing is it's hard to find teams that can do both because it felt like mm-hmm. the Heat were good against them defensively or better than you could expect throughout the course of this series. But they just struggled so much to put enough shots in the hoop and I guess we saw them matched up against the Suns which was a team that didn't struggle as much offensively but they didn't have any help they had like two big right. scorers and no role players and I guess Aiton is a, a reasonable defender against Jokic so it'll be interesting to see I guess the Suns who pop up in my mind with the right additions the right improvements to their roster a new coach that might be a team that can uh threaten the the nuggets offensively as long as they can find some ways to get some stops and stall out this offense or this nuggets offense on the other end yeah Allie. i mean i think yeah go for it check me baby Ooh. i got you thank you all right okay. so let's move on to the the bigger Jokic discussion and I think it's worth noting he's the first player in NBA history to lead all players in points, rebounds, and assists in a single postseason. And he joined some pretty elite company as someone who is a two-time MVP and a finals MVP. That company is Kareem, Jordan, LeBron, Wilt, Magic, Bird, Moses, Giannis, Steph, and Duncan. And that's it. We're talking about the, the best of the best players of all time have that on their resume. So... He's going to be the topic of a lot of first take debates over the next couple of years. But if we are the uh, internet literati about Nikola Jokic, what should the dialogue be about the Joker now? Hmm. The dialogue about the Joker. <sighs> Comparing him to the all-time greats is kind of rough and kind of hard because he's still very <laughs> early in his career and he's not going to edge any of them out as far as numbers are concerned. But then you have to discuss his impact on the game. So there, I guess there's two conversations that we always have when we talk about these greatest players. It's like at their peak and who's better in the entire career. The, the tough thing about Jokic, obviously he's not done, so we can't do the entire career. But at his peak, it's hard because a lot of those players that you name are kind of two-way players. And as as much as Jokic has improved defensively, he's not a liability on defense. I saw a number of times the Heat attack the basket, and when they weren't afraid to attack Jokic, he don't jump. He does not try to contest shots. <laughs> and his, so, in his defense, he doesn't jump at all at any aspect that's of fair. life. So that's, there's that. That's fair. I saw a clip of him from uh, a long time ago saying that he didn't like uh, – 
American college basketball because it was too fast. <laughs> it's a lot of jumping and running. It was good times. But yeah, that is a self-aware man. That is a man who knows his limits. I understand that. So if we're going to say that he's a average defender, is he great enough offensively and better than all the rest of these other players offensively to to warrant him being in the conversation with them? And I don't think it's ridiculous to to consider it a realistic possibility because none of those big guys can pass like that. And none of those little guys can work in the paint in the way that he does. So I'm not going to be the one to say it, but he's in the conversation. You got to catch an alley-oop though. At least one. Yeah. You got to win. You got to windmill <laughs> on somebody. Do something, man. Like, like surprises. Just do, do something. So I'll keep thinking about it. What do you, what do you think? I think I mean I think that when you have a player who's so young and you have these you know this sort of sort of supernova few years I think you got to take the years in compartments and you got to think about the three to four year run that he's on right now and where does that stack up with the best three to four year runs that we've seen right I think we did the same thing with Giannis uh, when they won the championship he had the, the MVPs Defensive Player of the Year all this stuff. And you think about that three year run and where does it rank against those, you know, the best three years of any player's career. And for that, you got to look at Jokic and say that these last three to four years, two MVPs, the finals, finals MVP, triple double, essentially in a, in a season. And then two of those, you know, a couple of those years, obviously without Murray, uh, and especially in the playoffs in a full season without him, and then you get him and you win a championship. Then we can talk about where does his, top years of his career rank against the top years of other folks career and i think you're going to it's going to be hard to find that many that many you know great top seasons as that one so the answer is for a whole entire career we're not having that talk yet yeah yeah but if we we're talking about if we're talking about peak peak times in their career you it, it, i mean it's going to be hard to find many better than than what Jokic has done so you're scared to answer it and i'm scared to answer it too somebody's got to answer it i don't know who where do I you mean, stop? An, answer is i ain't putting them, i ain't putting them with those names that we mentioned that alabaster mentioned so so far yet <laughs> like even at, oh, yeah, yeah. we we agreed that he's not in that conversation sure. all-time greats i i recognize that that's an impossible conversation to have which is why i shifted it to at his peak versus right. another player's peak who are you taking in that situation? I think it's hard for me to, to talk Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because most of the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stuff I've watched is like is watching it now back then. Mm. Is watching mm. those games now. I wasn't I didn't like grow up on that. The more current players, I guess the, the tough one, I know I need to roll list your way, him or Steph. Because Steph is a similar player and that he's incredible offensively and has worked his way up to adequate defensively mm -hmm. sometimes even good him or Steph at the peak of their powers Steph is probably more fun to watch but who do you think is more valuable a player and more impactful if you're drafting a championship team and those two are sitting there which one are you taking I mean I'll take Steph Curry yeah because I mean, you're biased, you're biased <laughs> I mean I just think lover I just think the thing you know you just you know it just so happens that we did go to Davidson but who cares who's counting all that you care. the thing I okay. but I think I I think the thing is when you talk about Steph versus those Jokic years if you're talking about the best three Steph years I'm assuming we're going to talk about the two MVP years and I guess the KD year you know the first KD year which is like 
that sort of I kind of feel like Steph's better now, which yeah, yeah. can't be right. right. Uh, that can't right. be right. But about, you can talk about this year, yeah. last year, and the year before when they were you know knocked out in the in the playing tournament. Like those that those three years, you can actually kind of stack up to the the MVP years. Unless we're talking, I mean, obviously health is a concern. He missed he missed a bunch of games, but I think they do similar things in that they change the how you defend. The teams, and I think they end up like breaking your spirit and demoralizing those teams. That's what happened to the Heat. It seemed like the Heat were just tired of they just didn't want to defend the guy anymore. They didn't want to rebound. They were tired of dealing with him. And I think Steph does a similar thing. Where it's like I'm tired of running around chasing this dude. You know, I, I guess the, the you know I would take Steph because of the way that he sort of transformed the game and opened the game, and that there are guys like Draymond Green um, and Iguodala who were so limited offensively who became. I think a little bit better than some of the role players that Jokic has so far. And I'm not sure that Steph played with anybody minus the KD years. I'm not sure he played with anybody who was able to have a run like Jamal Murray. Then we're having a Jamal Murray clay conversation and that gets to a whole nother thing, but I'm not sure that Steph had clay over that type of player during that, that during that time. Give me Pete clay over Jamal Murray. But, but I think, I think the, I think, well, yeah, I mean, well, in terms, you're talking two-way player. I think you would yeah. definitely take Clay better defensively. But I think the the closest comparison, the person I think I'm more ready to talk about in terms of top three years with Jokic, and the co- closest comparison I think overall is what Shaq did in those three years, those three, um, the three Pete Lakers years, and the way that he dominated offensively. There was no answer for him. It looked different than what Jokic is doing, obviously, because right. the game is different, but. I got to take Shaq. There was absolutely I I, no answer for there's Shaq. There's no, <laughs> for those three years. I mean, the Shaq is not as versatile a player, not as good a shooter, not as good a passer, but he just was so damn impactful. He, but to, I don't know. Jokic is really unique also. Like no one can mm-hmm. name a player who's like Jokic before Jokic. Everyone's naming players who play a different position are much smaller, like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, our comparisons are the most apt comparisons we get to Jokic. We don't have somebody who's doing what he does at his size. So he is unique. He is uh, the latest evolution of that, of, uh, of basketball. Alabaster, run through those names again, one by one. I want to know, uh, I want to see if I can decide who I want over. Moses Malone is really good, but again, it's just... I haven't watched enough Moses Malone to know. All right, give it to me. Moses, one of the all-time underrated players. Um, So the list is two MVPs and a finals MVP. Kareem, Jordan, LeBron, Wilt, Magic, Bird, Moses, Giannis, Steph, Duncan, Jokic. I don't think I'm taking him over any of those people right now. (laughs) Not even Giannis? Uh, I I mean, Giannis is probably the closest because they're both so young. Yeah, and we misremember Giannis's run. I think some he had mm-hmm. big scoring games, but I mean, I guess it's it's what you value more—the offense and the defense. Because I think right. Giannis's anchor to that defense makes that defense almost as impressive as Jokic being the fulcrum of that offense. And mm-hmm. that Bucks offense got pretty stagnant, even on their championship yeah. run. There's several games where we look up at that Bucks offense and we're like, ugh. And then give the ball to Giannis, and he just seems uncomfortable. But in the biggest moments, he I, put it away. And, I mean, even this year, they they got knocked out in the first round to the Heat, and they looked like none of them wanted the ball. In the key, or at least Giannis yeah. didn't want the ball in a clutch situation. Yeah, which is, why, which is why Giannis wins, because he won a championship with Coach Bud. Oh, poor Bud. 
He got that ring. Big joker. He <laughs> can't have it back. That is a, a yeah. bit of a I trump mean, card there. That is a bit of a trump. I mean, the guy dropped 50 in an elimination finals game against a, a Phoenix Suns team that I think most people would say is better than this Miami Heat team. You know, I mean, the thing. We got to I mean, put Jokic over one of these all-time greats. Got to. It has to be done. It's ridiculous. We can't be singing his praises for the last three months about how amazing and unprecedented this is. And again, I'm not saying as a career total, but what he's done, you guys can't tell me how great it is and amazing and how nobody else could do it. And then when we roll out the list of names, he ain't better than nobody in their prime. I mean, it's not like we named we it's not we named fifty people. It's like what eleven players on there. Like twelve is twelve is good. Twelve is decent. You're on the you're on the you're on the roster of all-time great players who ever played. Alabaster, what you got? Tell me I'm right. No, I want I, Alabaster to pick one. Pick one. I, sure, he's better than Giannis. He's better than Moses. And here's the spicy one. He's better than Wilt. Wilt was an all-time jo- choker. The Joker's going to win it on his own. None of us watch Wilt. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I can't even. Yeah. <laughs> he's in an 18th league with a loaded team, and he lost every year. Um, but no, I think there's an interesting discussion here. This guy could be presumably like the best player of a decade. We're three years in, he's got two MVPs, he's got a title. We're on the precipice of something great. And having that, that championship belt being the best player in the NBA for a sustained period of time is pretty rare. Like we, we saw LeBron hold it for a long time, but it's since been wrestled back and forth, whether it was LeBron, Steph, Giannis, KD. Uh, and I think that it's interesting to look at like he could put together another four or five years where he averages 25 10 and 8 ish and at that point the stats are overwhelming where it's like you got to compare him to Akeem you got to compare him to Shaq you got to compare him to Wilt like this guy could be a top five center of all time easily Wimby coming for that ass do you see those highlights (laughs) you see them highlights from that uh the French championship game you ain't see them highlights oh lord have mercy it's stupid, man, doing corner step backs, dunking on people. That slim fella coming for that ass real soon. Gobble up all the titles you can, Jokic. <laughs> they're, they're down 2-0 in the finals, and he yeah, scored eight points in one of those don't, games. Don't worry yeah, there was a, there, this, is, this, is bad, this is bad timing. It's bad timing because Wimby, Wimby had a rough night a couple nights though. ago. You see them highlights? But, <laughs> see them highlights, though? But, yeah, but to your point, Jokic might not be the best player in the league in, like, Two years. That team Wimby was terrible. Just like, yeah. So that who knows, man? Terrible that Wimby went to. They built it all around him. He left the good team to go to the bad team. I'm full on uh, anti Jokic, pro Wimby. I love this. <laughs> is uh, Serbia is not a part of the EU, is it? No. No. Oh, well, so it's not a, a Euro battle for the NBA supremacy. All right, give me my check. What else we got? <laughs> I have, I have no clue. That was that was a different that was a different language. I don't know. <laughs> what? We really went off the rails there. At the oh end. no! I was gonna um, say it was a Euro battle, but then like Serbia is actually not in part of the EU, is it? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. It was a great, great, great week for Serbian jokers winning big titles. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joker but much. so the last one is about the Heat, and I don't want this to sound too hyperbolic, but they have decisions to make. Uh, whether Jimmy was injured or not, whether you think this group is spectacular for where they were drafted or not. They have made three conference finals, two NBA finals, and they've come up empty handed and haven't been particularly competitive in either final series. And Pat Riley wants to win. So should the heat run it back with this group? I had his shirt on too long today. The, the collar is struggling. 
Anyway, were we talking about the Heat? Uh, <laughs> running back with this group? Hell no. Like, I mean, I think it's obvious that they need to improve. Uh, I think they have a ton of really good role players. And you heard Jeff Van Gundy say it a bunch of times is they were asking too much of the role players. The role mm-hmm. players are good. That is what the Heat have done successfully uh, year in, year out, is they've built up these guys uh, for more than a decade now that – Nobody thought much of, but they turned them into solid role players, but not stars. And as long as I've watched basketball and the history of the game, you need stars. And we saw what those stars do in the in those key moments. And we saw Jimmy Butler be that guy early on, but he was not that guy about midway through the Celtics series and all the way through um, this series. So if it's Damian Lillard or somebody else, I feel like they're going to need another guy that they can count on in those big moments in a real center. Yeah, you can. I, I think, Pat, I mean, Pat Riley's smart enough to, to know that this was not, this ain't a sustainable thing. Like y'all caught lightning in a bottle. Y'all got super hot, a little lucky with the Giannis injury, um, a little lucky with the Tatum <laughs> ankle and the Celtics just overall, penchant for pooping on themselves whenever things get, um, you know, tight. And I, they know that this is not just like a, just a team that's going to make the finals every year. They know all the things lined up and you cannot look at a, a team and look at a player like Jimmy Butler for as great as he was during that Eastern conference run when you're in the finals and you cannot be the t- a top two player on that court. Right? Like we ad- immediately when that series started, it was like the idea that Jimmy Butler is going to be better than Jokic at any point in this series is out the window. But he couldn't even be better than Jamal Murray. And there were times he wasn't the best wasn't player on his team. Player, right? Yeah, and so, like, yeah. that's supposed to be the guy that's going to win the championships, and he didn't. And that you can't win a championship like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't see him as the best player on his team through that series. It seemed like as much as Bam struggled, he was the most consistent player that they had, which. I don't know how much better he can get. I feel like he's probably mm-hmm. reached his peak offensively, but they don't have anything else. It's like well, they're great shooting. Uh, we saw Duncan Robinson improve and play better, but at no point is anyone going to feel confident that in the closing minutes of a championship game, we're going to run offense through Duncan Robinson or Gabe Vincent, or I guess they bench Gabe for Kyle Lowry, who hit some really big shots in that in that game, or uh, Gabe I was going to say Gabriel Davis. What am I thinking? I'm tired, I think. That's the receiver for the Bills. I'm already transitioning to to football. Oh, well. Yeah, they got to bring somebody in. Everyone (laughs) knows that. Uh, Pat Riley is not a fool. We got to throw them rings on the table and trick somebody else into coming down here to this beautiful swamp land. And he he knows also that Tyler Hero is not the difference in this series. Like, he knows that they're not one Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo away from from winning – uh, this series. If anything, they have to look at this Tyler Hero contract and say, because mm, would we have been better with him on the court? Like, would our defense have been as good as it was with Tyler Hero on the court? And not quite sure. So they've got a lot of moves to make. And the good thing about the Heat is that they have really good contracts. And if they need to move people, everybody is about as, as valuable as they are going to be under their contracts uh, right now in terms of the, the, the best players. Like you said, there's the Dame Lillard stuff that they can do moving around. There's always a wild card player who wants out at some point in the offseason, and the Heat are always in that conversation. And the Heat culture stock is as high as it could possibly be. So if you want to recruit somebody, 
now is the time to do it. But Jimmy Butler, like, I, I hated that he had to play, that the, the game looked like this today and everybody was piling on him, especially for how well um, he looked through the first two and a half um, series in this playoffs. But man, that guy is not, you know, that guy's not going to carry to a championship. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, last series, it was Caleb Martin that was the mm-hmm. best player for the Heat. Um, and this series, it felt like it was Bam. In uh, the previous series, it was definitely Jimmy Butler, but they're going to need one other superstar, I would think, and and they're going to need Jimmy to play like a superstar. Maybe it's injury, yeah. maybe not, but also it's just like matched up against a guy who's younger, stronger, faster, bigger, quicker. It's going to be real hard to score, and especially when you're not a like a shooter. Jimmy's not a shooter as much as he's a scorer, which is uh, – a little bit tougher to rely on than if you can just hit step backs like some of these uh, guards can in the league that Jimmy's never going to be that guy who's hitting step back threes as uh, as an integral part of his offense. It's kind of something that he does on occasion, but can't bank on yeah, it. And, so. Back and to the regular season. Board. Yeah, you need regular season stars. Like I, like I get the whole Jimmy Butler playoff Jimmy thing, but you came in as an eight seed, right? And as great as you your playoff run was, eight seed is so close like they almost did not make the play in you know they were down i think in the second half against that bulls team like yeah. be better in the regular season <laughs> come in as a four seed and then see if you know you can get a little bit more rest you don't have to be playing all the tough teams you don't have to play milwaukee and boston in in the playoffs you know like like a younger player maybe the dame lillard maybe some offensive explosiveness that you hopefully do not trade in some defensive versatility for can get you a higher higher seed in the in the in the playoffs but you can't keep coming in a six seven eight seeds and expecting to make miraculous runs every time because you will get injured and you will fall off like they like they did basically by game four of the celtic series they were not the same team uh, we don't have to do that just yet alabaster we can celebrate the heat because i think this has been uh, a magical run i went to the first half i watched at the arena with their fans it was like a watch party thing and the general sentiment was they thought they were going to win, but overall, like this was all found money for them. This is an incredible run, a fun year. I would think for them, something they can be proud of something they can look back on 10 years from now and feel as proud of that as anything, like all the moments that they've had in in this run and knocking off the eight seed, the, the Knicks win uh, doesn't feel like a moment as much as a game (laughs) seven in Boston, knocking off the Celtics, is another big moment. It's sad that it had to end this way, but it's about the journey, right? Not the destination. Honestly, Dominique, you play, you paid great homage to heat fans by leaving that watch party early (laughs) (laughs) or, or I jinxed them. They were winning when I left at halftime. Um, the last thing, and I'll let you guys go on. This is some of Jokic's celebrations have just been tremendous since this has started. He uh, just said, job's done. We can go home now. And then I'm going to text you guys this and I'll put it on the little box so you can watch it also. But I want your live reaction as I text you guys. This is Jokic celebrating in the locker room. It's coming through. All right. All right. Because this is is just beautiful. He actually didn't care. He blocked out the noise and wasn't going to change for anyone. Oh. (laughs) That is unenthusiastic uh, champagne shaking. Oh god! Oh, <laughs> why do you even put the goggles on if you work on if you work to commit to it? That's so sad. 
I mean, just drink it. You're just pouring it on yeah, the floor now. Somebody's going to get hurt. Oh, uh, good for him. I assume he got the finals MVP, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. congratulations to, to him. Also, Bruce Brown had the ball. I, I'll never understand this. Like, Michael Jordan had it right. You hug it. You hug it. Why throw the ball up in the air? Why? What are you doing? For anybody to get? Foolish. Have we have we ever gotten the story of Randy Brown uh, trying to wrestle the ball for Michael Jordan at the end of uh, the, the that. game? On, that. On, on, well, on, father, on Father's Day, <laughs> Jordan yeah. won the, the, the 72 and 10, and Randy Brown was like fighting him for the ball. What was up with that? Why do we never get the story? 30 for 30. What are you doing? Can we get the Randy Brown story? Uh, tell me what was going on with him, with him trying to kill the ball. Yeah, there's a lot he of, a lot of stuff day After his dad died, and Randy was like, give me that, Mike. <laughs> 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 oh, classic. Randy was like, I averaged 3.3 points in this finals. <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> I deserve this basketball. Oh, man. Anyway, good times. Great finals. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I doing this closest, with you. I'm excited about yeah. sleeping again soon. That's going to be great. 